And this is Ilorian Naiden. And he's saying that because we, because have, we have a guest that's, that's a ghost. That's not true. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we have a V that some might know as Pookie. Uh, hi. Hi. <laughs> uh, really happy to have you in this podcast. I'm really, really excited to be here. You have no idea. Yay. <laughs> um. So I have a story to say, but I have no idea what I'm going to say, so... Because she doubts that she can come up with a story. That's uh, bad. Our game is out, guys. I think that's going to be the intro. <laughs> and that's my story. <laughs> A plus, bonus points for the laughter. Thank you. <laughs> this will be scored with a red pen. <laughs> um, so before we start, we'll let's do a 30-second recap. Uh, v, do you want to participate or it's still a no? Uh, I mean, I'm going to say like three things if I do, so we might as well just go for it. Do it. Peer pressure. <laughs> uh, do you want to be the first or the last? I'll go first. Let's fuck it. Let's do Ooh. it. Okay. Yikes. Of course. Oh, yeah. There's explicit tag in that podcast. <laughs> Good, because I need it. <laughs> All right. Hi. So ready? Mm-hmm. Go. Go. All right. So they need to like deal with the beast. Everyone is super fucking pressed. They have no idea what to do. Uh, so they're like, hmm, let's see. Probability coins. They do a thing, they find out everybody fucking dies. It really sucks. They fight a lot. Uh, B-plot is Julia with the free traders. They're looking to come to God, and they're kind of wishy-washy on whether or not that's even possible and how they're going to go about doing it. And then at the end, they're like, oh, okay, well, we have an attack plan. We're going to do a thing with the emotion bomb. Bottle our emotions. Yep. Hey, that was good. That was like whole sentences. It was more than three words. I just like throw down there. I think the last uh, episode I'm editing in the seven right now, and, and at the end I'm just Marco, Elliot, yeah. <laughs> the whole first season. Yeah. <laughs> it's all our names. <laughs> all right. Uh, I think no. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's you. Yeah. Well, I volunteered because I'm the captain, so I'm ready. Go. Okay, okay, so they're like, we need to kill the beast and stuff. And she was like, I have a plan. And everyone's like, mm. so they like flip a coin and everyone dies. They don't really die. And then uh, Penny is like, I'm hearing the beast again. And then they put a nicotine patch of spikes on the back of his neck and it's fine. Uh, and then they bottle their emotions. And then we get a threesome. And then Julia's like, God. And they're like, but we don't know. And she's like, God. And they're like, we don't know. And then it's shiny in the sky and a milk. And, and gold. And gold. <laughs> Honestly, I think it was the best you've ever done. <laughs> so fucking succinct. Like, I'm into it. <laughs> Milk, gold, gods. Put that on the merch list. <laughs> yes. Go! So basically, the guys are trying to find a way to kill the beast and it's not working. Nobody listened to Quentin. They, uh, Penny is getting targeted by the beast to 
kill himself, I guess. And every every traveler he knows kill himself, and he does cocaine. <laughs> and yeah, that's Penny. And Julia and, and Katie are in a quest for gods. Yeah. And basically, everyone is doubting themselves. It's kind of sad. Also, I want to hug uh, Elliot and Margot. So, I want to start with the fact that the theme of this episode is basically we don't know what's going to happen, so better prepare for it. So, better what? Prepare for it. Because basically, that's what Bradles can do, and that's what Katie and Julia do while seeking the vampire and the other demon. Are they, are they preparing? They don't, they don't seem like they're preparing. Well, they did arrive with like a, that, that knife coated in silver and gold, and I the know. demon was like, dude, that's yeah. overkill. But that's, <laughs> that's Julia. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Goddamn Julia. Julia. She's also reading all of those you know, scholarly articles on Google yeah. and shit. <laughs> My favorite piece of supplementary, inter- yeah, supplementary content is that Julia was a full grade scholar. Like, a fucking course she was. That what does that mean? The Canadian she's smart. They wanted to give her money for being smart. Oh, lucky her. I discovered that a lot of what I was writing about doubt had a link with belief. Like believe in themselves, believe in the gods, do they doubt that things happen? Like there was a lot of believing into the doubt. Well, I mean, I think you have to believe in something to be able to doubt it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, or there has to be the possibility of belief. Mm-hmm. And I think that's interesting that, like, we touch about the gods a bit more, because uh, I'm not the most believer in the gods. Let's say spiritual person. Uh, yeah, exactly. I'm not really spiritual. Meanwhile, you, I mean, you host a Bible study. Jesus is my brother. Yeah. Uh, what about you, B? What about you? Oh, I'm super spiritual. I am a pagan, so I believe in many gods. Yes. Oh. See, so we have the three. <laughs> but yeah, uh, we kind of covered the basis here. Yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, and I, I feel like maybe I come from an... I don't want to say atheist, because I want to believe that there's something. Like, atheist is the belief that there's nothing. Yeah, but no, you're... Well, atheist is believing that there's some higher power... No, it's Ag- not. No, Ag- I thought agnostic. See, agnostic. It's opposite? Ah, yeah. let's start with A. Who decided that? <laughs> At first, when the whole thing starts, uh, we see the guys like trying to find a plan to um, kill the beast. Mm-hmm. And all they do is doubt Quentin. But meanwhile, they believe what he said about Fillory. It's kind of... So, I actually saw like a direct parallel here from when... Penny and Katie in the beginning come to Quentin and Quentin's like, this shit's Fillory, like when he sees Victoria for the first time. Yeah. And he's like, no, no, you're in Fillory. And then they're like, nah, we're not going to leave you. And then they leave. And then like, again, it's about Fillory. And Quentin's like, no, this is a thing. And everyone's like, nah. I'm like, what? why do we keep doing this? But then we're like, Quentin's the Fillory nerd, but we're not going to trust him about anything about Fillory. I don't know. Everyone sucks. Right, he's literally the best resource they have. They're like, mm, it sounds fake, though. <laughs> <laughs> and that's something that I haven't catched until this uh, watch, is that the little blade that ended up binding Elliot to Fenn uh, would have been created without Quentin and Julia. Because they say that Martin struck a deal with the blade maker. Okay, okay but they're the ones in the pool. 
who have to exist. Listen, Doctor Who, timeline. Timey-wimey. Timey-wimey? Yeah, it is timey-wimey because they have to exist. They already canonically exist in the books. Ah, okay. Yeah, this timeline bullshit. Yeah, this is definitely one of those things that we got really caught up with planning the 39 Graves project. Like, it's so easy to get lost in, like, weird little slipses. Like, it is so easy because so many things happen or could have happened or did not happen, but also did happen. And it's so easy to get lost. And, like, the butterfly effect is real in this world. So. Butterfly effect? Yeah, that's one yeah. thing. I think it's a firefly effect. I was like, is that a new one? It's <laughs> not it's, it's the gay one. It's, it's, I like that. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um, well, I also thought it was interesting that, that like, technically, the, you know, in the definition for um, the definition of doubt is just like a feeling of uncertainty or like lack of conviction about something. Yeah. That's yeah. just sort of like, yeah, putting that kind of nice stuff. Yeah. That's because they don't really believe Quentin. Because I feel if Alice would have come this like idea, they would have like, okay. I don't know if it's a doubt in Quentin. I think it's like, is there an easier way? You know, like, I feel like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, they don't care enough to think that hard about it. Whereas Quentin, he's like steeped in doubt of himself and his whole world. Yeah. Like, you know, he went from believing that like there is no magic and he's depressed and everything's going to suck to find out that there is magic and then quickly finding out that that sucks and then finding out that Fillory is real and that fucking sucks. And then finding yeah. out that, you know, his idol and his you know, childhood icon is a fucking pedophile. So, like, he doesn't know what's real. And I think there's a part of him that wants to hope that certain things aren't real. And, like, he's just so steeped in doubt that, like, even if they wanted to believe them, I think that they can sense that even if they're not. Like, you said, like, oh, he doubted himself. He doubted, like, about Fillory. And when they walk to go to uh, PA, uh, Q is lying a bit to Alice and, and himself about not wanting to go to Fillory. Because he's like, no, I don't want to go. <laughs> but like he totally wanna go and he's like yeah. doubting the fact that he wanna go because you know he shouldn't wanna go but he wanna go I interpreted that more as Alice is saying that's the reason you wanna go like you're saying that this plan is the good plan because you want an excuse to go to Fillory and when someone accuses you of something you have to be like no no like also he's like five <laughs> Emotionally, <laughs> you know, I don't know. That's how I t- I took it more as a defense. Yeah, no, I agree. Can we talk about the setup for that scene and how it creates a sense of doubt in the audience? Like they're going into class, and very quickly you're like, "Oh shit, shit is wrong. There are people dead. There's blood. They're screaming. Like I don't want this to be real. This can't be real. Like we're not even done the first season. What the fuck is happening?" And Mario, when you hear Margot yell oh, and like abject distress, like there's nothing that hurts me more than abject distress. Gender of the day. But also, also my band name. No, <laughs> <laughs> I'm in. in. I play you ukulele. But also, yes. if if. If they were going to class, what the hell what Margot and Elliot doing there? They're a year older. That's a good point. But yeah, yeah that's, <laughs> that's so, so funny, funny because I had the same exact note, but I, I had it like, I mean, I don't know, I'm just cynical. I had it like the audience is doubting that they were like, bitch, we know you're not dead. It's like when you're watching Inuyasha and Inuyasha guys, you're like, guys, my middle school person was like, I don't believe this shit. 
You know what I mean? It's like, it's like we know the main characters aren't dead right now. So, so I don't know. For, for me, that was just kind of okay. Come on. I, I don't know. Like the first time I, I saw that the episode, like I was like, what the hell is happening? I didn't thought of like the repercussion. I was like, just like dead. Why are they dead? What the hell? You know? <laughs> you have a cinema degree. Yeah. <laughs> You're delightful. <laughs> You're married. <laughs> and uh, also, be- just before she dies, Margot realizes that like she shouldn't doubt Quentin and like listen to him. And then she dies. And then when they go back to their cell, what they do? They doubt Quentin. <laughs> Yeah, yeah I, I think it's interesting that again, I think what she says is we should have trusted you. And I think it's listen, interesting. To oh, listen. listen. Yeah, we should have listened to you. Yeah, yeah. fine. This has got the quotes. Um, that's <laughs> why I always put a thing <laughs> But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's interesting that trust, you know, trust and doubt. Like we were saying, belief. I think trust is always in there. Also in there. Yeah. yeah. And also how the beast. Tr- like don't doubt himself because like you yeah, arrive in the in the class with his little step and like whistling and he's ready to kill everyone like he doesn't doubt that he's gonna kill them i you know elliot is really struggling in this oh episode. baby yeah since mike he's just but i think it's interesting because i this is the first episode where i see margot doubting the relationship yes and also like yeah. Bitch, are you okay? Like, like I think, I feel like she probably rationalized, like, oh, I mean, we know he's got a goddamn alcohol problem from day one, right? Like, oh, that's just L.A. being L.A., but this is where I, I feel like we really see her being, like, like, in the beginning, she's like, are you awake? Like, like when they're all talking. Also, why do, does she does Elliot takes her when they come back from the spell and he say you are Margot, you're fabulous? Like I don't understand why he says that. I don't know, but I love that Margot doesn't doubt that she's fabulous. She's just like you're right, I am fabulous. I love this so much. This is one of my favorite details about those characters and that relationship because to me it implies that there is a reason that he has that script in place for her. Like it implies that there is something that is a little more broken and a little less confident than we think it is. And that he has to look her in the face and say, Hey bitch, you are you and you are the best thing I have ever met. And I don't need you to forget that. Like, like there's something in her that like doesn't always know. And he has to remind her. And I love that that was like a script that they went into place. Like, very quickly like I love that detail so much I agree wow yes yes and, and also like the fact that they did that probability spell proved that they doubt in their plan oh yeah, yeah. yes I bet it, it is the magical version of making a pros and cons list <laughs> right like, like I do this all the time because I'm the goddamn head mostly of my life okay when I don't know like when I'm like oh like, we were talking about recently, uh, Kat was taking a sick leave from work, and we were like, oh, when should you go back? And we literally sat the goddamn, like, we sat the fuck down, and we were like, pros, cons. And, like, we look after. Yeah, and then, like, balance, we're like, oh, which one has more? Like, that one. Like, it's literally, you know, we do yeah, this kind of stuff all the time. It's just they have a magical means to see the results. Yeah, but, like, when you know, when you doubt something that you want, like, I don't know, even though you still don't know the outcome of something, it makes you feel like you have control. Yeah. And they did, they did the spell eight times, and only... That sounds about right. Yeah. Seven, uh, right. Well, seven and one... Seven deaths, one mistake. Uh, okay, yeah. Okay. And I, I was wondering, like, so this is totally Alice 
deciding that you're doing mm-hmm. the, the, this spell. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, like, why eight? And what are, like, the, the coin? What does it mean? Well, I, I, I think, think that they were like, like we can't do it anymore. Like, either eight was, was the, the max, max, or they were like, like physically, physically, we can't. We can't. No, the, 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 no, the coin was dead. Yeah. I was okay. like, this is the last one. It's dead. So yeah. it just seemed like they ran out of resources. Okay. Okay. So I, I'm not sure, like, what... It is, but I feel it's important. I don't know what to tell you. Seven's a Bible number. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. That's all I got. Eight is a nice even number. Adorable. Uh, and the, the fact that as they realize, like, okay, we don't have an, enough, like, a, another try, and the only time we know what to do is, like, there was a white pot instead of death, Penny freaks out and flees. Because that's what Penny do. In doubt, he flees. Yeah. Always do that. Also, I was always confused about the fact that they're like, okay, well, we die seven times and we don't know what happens the eighth time. But clearly the eighth mysterious time is worse than the seven dying times. Like, whatever. I think it's fear of the unknown. Mm. Yeah, that's that's truly valid, especially with this kind of crop of kids. But I always (laughs) thought, like, I would definitely always go with the mysterious outcome that could be good instead of the seven I know definitely. Yeah, I'll take, I'll take maybe over death. But also so, you have to think that Elliot wants to die. Because he oh, says absolutely. tomorrow go, oh, we're going to go to Fillory and everything's going to be fine and it's supposed to be read as like, oh, we're going to go to Fillory and we're going to survive. But we know that deep down, Elliot wanted to die. He wanted to go to Fillory to die. So him saying like, Oh, whatever, like, uh, I'm not sure a white spot is better than the other. Mm. That's because he wants yeah. to die. Yeah, it makes That's sense for depressing. him. To me, it makes less sense for Margot. Mm. And, like, the only explanation I have is that she just has such a deep, like, kind of connection to him and yeah. a desire to have him with her. And also this, like, weird, explicit, unhealthy trust of him <laughs> that she just kind of... This <laughs> just need boundaries. Yep. Oh. They are so codependent when we meet them. It is not cute. Honestly, like, I'm I love like, them, but they're so unhealthy. Uh, yeah. Like, their arc is so big for that, like how they grow up. Okay, listen. Great Bills, Hogwarts, get a school counselor. <laughs> get yeah. one. It would solve so many problems. Also, while we're talking about school mechanics, can we talk about the admin office for a second? Like, so many times a character inexplicitly comes back from the admin office with a message for somebody who is not them. Like, when I was in college, I was huh. never in the admin office that frequently. Wait, what do you mean? Second of all, I never brought back messages from it. Like, Elliot goes, oh, I just got back from the admin office. There's a message for Alice, and she has to call her mom. Yeah, and, and Alice does back, that. Someone gave Quentin. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what the fuck is Okay, it? but also... The... to the admin office... Okay, here's my, this episode has not aired yet, so you wouldn't have heard this, but my, I don't think, they'll break those stats. No, no. Okay, they quit Mayakovsky, okay, who had, who is being, you know, punished, whatever, for sleeping with a student in a place where he is alone with the students and is in front of them while they are naked, okay? <laughs> naked students! No teacher should have access to naked students, but especially one who has slept with other students! I quit. I quit. Fuck you, Dean Fog. Every episode. And he has a nut ton of booze. Like, that is an accident waiting to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just, the pedagogy of this school. I want to see the lesson plans. 
There's um, none. That's a problem. <laughs> I don't know. Sunderland seems pretty put together. <laughs> oh my god. Um, anyway. anyway. <laughs> so when Penny goes to see his uh, mentor that he has for like a hot second in episode five, um, the guy was ready to commit suicide. Uh-huh. And like the fact that he like he, he was selling Penny a solution and Penny was like so eager to get it. And in his head, like the guy was like, oh yeah, I have a solution. And then he shot himself. Like there was no doubt that in his head, the only solution was that, that he was ready to sell suicide to that poor kid. We're going to put a trigger warning in this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of suicide and suicide tendencies happening, especially in this episode. Oh, sure. Yeah. Penny really goes through it this episode. Oh, yeah. He's still, he's still kind of processing the doubt from a previous episode where he's, like, really putting it together that the Beast is the voice that he was hearing growing up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The voice that, you know, taught him about magic and what he was and the world that he was living in. And like, yeah. So kind of going from having an affection for that voice and a trust in that voice and then realizing it wants to kill him and everything that he knows, like... That's just such a heavy journey for Penny to go through. And there's one question I have, because we see Penny and Alice's friendship grow up in this episode. Like, it started a bit with the Virgo blade, but as it grows, like, but in this episode, like, they decide not to bottle their their mission, their emotion together and blah, blah, blah. Why does Penny listen to Alice? Because it doesn't have a cave. But I feel he listened to her before. Like when she she was casting the spell in the first episode and Kitty was like, ooh, he was like, shut up, that's an artist at work. I don't know, because she like... I shit them. Doesn't give a shit in a way. I don't know. In a way that she's yeah, just like, there's like no pretense with her. I don't know, she's just like, I'm just fucking here to do magic kitchens. Come fuck down. Yeah, um. I think he identifies with something in her. I think he sees something in her that is similar to him and how he approaches the world. Mm-hmm. And I also think he has a respect for her as being intelligent and more level-headed than the people around him. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think Penny and Alice are quite similar and part of their bonding is really seeing that in each other mm-hmm. slowly over time. See, I don't know, for me, that came out of nowhere in this episode. I was just like, yeah, whatever, they don't really have a relationship, and now I want them to bang. It no, was... that's because we yeah. haven't watched yet episode 9, 10. What? But we see it develop in episode 9 and 10. Yeah, but, like, you can't just do that in two episodes. Dude, they've made Alice and Quentin fall in love in two episodes. Yeah, they can't do that either. Their character development is a hot trash fire. I hope you're listening. One, you are correct. Two, they only have 13 episodes to work with, so pacing is a shit show sometimes. Oh, yeah. I mean, (laughs) I just remember watching it for the first time and being like, why are any of these people together? Which, in a way, it makes sense, like, when we're, it kind of is purposeful, but, like, I think it was a happy accent. Honestly, (laughs) I think that's because they they didn't know they would be renewed and they wanted to put as much, yeah, in one one season. Because that's all the books. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I just said another thing about Penny. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm wondering, like, through this whole process, do you think that he actually thinks that this is going to get any better? I think like, Sunderland uh, 
told him, like, uh, like she told him, like, you're gonna be alone, so if people give this shit, accept their I mean, help. Bef- I mean before that. No, but I think that's what made him come back. Because before that, no. But then why not just kill him if he doesn't think it's gonna get better? Because he's a stubborn asshole? Yeah. Wow. I don't know. <laughs> like, that's what I, like, if he, I feel like there's some kind of, like, faith that something's gonna happen. But see, he, he, want, he didn't want cue to kill himself in episode four when he was uh in his head and he, like he had to get out of his head like i think penny don't want people to suicide themselves is that a word to kill themselves yeah but i, I feel like yeah. penny doesn't think it's a solution and we don't know shit about his story so we don't know what maybe there was a suicide in his family and he saw that as like a coward act or something like we don't know anything about penny yeah to me it just seems like penny is a survivor mm. and there's something oh. like defiant and tenacious in him mm-hmm. that is like that is what is most important to him that like defiance to like keep saying you know what fuck it i'm here and i'm gonna stay here um he doesn't seem like one to give up whereas yeah. you know elliot is made of giving up <laughs> oh baby also, also survivor is stuck in my head so thank you for that okay <laughs> alice found penny in his room when he just overdosed what the hell is she doing there the same reason she was just sitting on the end of the bed for hours at the end of the episode waiting for quentin to wake up i have a lot of questions about that that's fair this is just those places i have so many questions about that how long was she there waiting for that moment to glare she is a petty queen, and it's so savage, and I live for it. <laughs> well, have you seen your mom? <laughs> God damn it, Stephanie. I feel like that's my name. That and Dean Fogg, I feel like every yeah. episode. <laughs> also, can Stephanie's we talk? the fucking worst. Yeah. Can we talk about how the Beast was really sneaky on Penny? Like, he made him, like, hear things, and then there's a moment of silence. And then, bam! It is Salt and Pepper Diner by John Mulaney. You put the one other song in there and then play What's New Pussycat again. Because <laughs> you need to reprise to be like, oh, it's better. No, it's not. So, Canon Beast is a fan of John Mulaney. Okay. That's why he walks like that. that. <laughs> Amazing. Um, so, can we talk about the whole emotion bottling bullshit? For sure. There's a lot of shit going on there. Oh, Kat has her hands up. Yes, Kat, Kat, I choose you. The first thing Penny say to Quentin is, I like your sweater. What the fuck? <laughs> because. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, that. And it was an ugly sweater. Penny has a good fashion taste, so I have a lot. Of, that's actually my biggest question about that. <laughs> I want that bottle. No, you don't. <laughs> yeah. Could no. you imagine you coming out of that? Mm. I won't be there. And also, it, like the way they come back is Elliot because like super stone cold. Mar- 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 Margot is like freaking out a bit. Yeah. Quentin has a panic attack. Alice cry and and Penny, he laughs. Yeah, I love it. Because all the things that they. It's yeah. all their coping mechanism. Yeah. It's kind of like amazing how you see them yeah. all in that yeah. vulnerable second, you know? Yeah. And after mm-hmm. that, that's the moment Elliot become like, uh, so like, oh no, we're best friends, what the hell you're saying? And Margot like is doubting their friendship for the first time. I'm like, mm-hmm. you don't even care about me anymore? I think it's also interesting that 
when they use the emotion bottles, right, it takes it away. Doubt, doubt, essentially, an emotion or a ah, So I think it's interesting that Elliot's immediate reaction is to drink, which is something else that's going to inhibit feelings and emotions. He's like, I don't like this. Yeah, I don't know. And can we talk about how when they go see Katie, like one of the things she said, this is like, you need to channel 100% clean. Um, and so mm. the implication is that like doubt and strong emotions cloud your judgment and take away your control. Whereas up until this point, the narrative has been like, magic comes from pain, magic comes from these fits of passion. Oh. So it's really interesting to see this strain of magic that is the complete opposite where you don't uh, want any emotion whatsoever or it in, is completely inhibited. Which is which also, like that. it's really interesting that you're saying that because I think when we think about fighting, we think about emotions, we think about anger, we think about, you know? So it's, I love that. Like, the only yeah, time, the only you time. You shouldn't be able to hurt people unless you're really thinking about it. I like that. But like, the, and the only time we see Elliot do battle magic, it's because like he's in pain and anger and, but the, the, the fact that it shouldn't, like it happens only in like those high moments, like Katie said, is exactly that, basically. is like a journal. Yeah. Baby under a car. Yep. Yep. Don't put a baby under a car. I do not know that. As an enemy. Why is uh, Quentin angry the, the morning after? Because he's like, I hate everyone, I hate air. And like, he's super like, mean to Alice. And Alice like, doesn't realize that her saying like, oh, we shouldn't do it without the bottle. It's because like, she might be able, but she's not aware that like, not everyone has so, her capacity. Whereas you recognize their reactions as coping mechanisms, I sort of recognize, like to me, they stood out as ways that they don't feel like they can generally act, right? Penny is not like laughing unless it's like sarcastically. Like Alice is not quiet. Quiet? Quiet? <laughs> she's not crying you know in a normal way yeah. like, she doesn't show those strong emotions in front of people and I don't think I think that Quentin is like kind of the nice guy and I don't think he's allowed to be angry and I think that that's that anger coming out you know I think that it's sort of like a hangover it's a hangry over I don't know no I, I understand yeah it's a it's a bit why he's resentful a bit of Alice being yeah. so good and him like trying his best and not being good enough yeah. I think it's just, you know, those moments where you're so emotionally tired that you just, like, can't, like, that little bit of emotion that you yeah. like, are generally able to, like, hold it in and, like, not be resentful about those things. Those moments where you're just like, you know what? Fuck you. Like, I am resentful of you. Um, what was I going to say? Also, I feel like it's very important to say that there were three Star Trek references in this episode. <laughs> Um, my absolute <laughs> favorite of which, because yeah, first of all, when they do this, when they're bottling the emotions, Quentin is so goddamn excited that this, he's like, we're gonna go full on Spock, and he's talking about the fucking, like, Vulcan ceremony of, like, the purging their emotions, I can't, okay, this goddamn nerd, and then when... Margo's like, I'm gonna bring a fucking gun because she's Margo. But it's like, this is straight out of prime directive. They are a free industrialized society. Like, we can't bring it. I'm like, go into your nerd hole. I can't with you. And I love you so much. <laughs> it's like serious ass shit. We're all gonna die. Prime directive. 
Sorry. Like, how and why does Alice know Japanese? Like, why is that just a thing? Well, my Japanese is a little rusty, but this says, like... Because she's Alice? I don't know. I didn't... Well, uh, it's... That's like, like, did she study it herself, or is it something... Anime anime phase. phase. I vote anime We all have that anime phase. Weeb Alice. It was after horses. Weeb Alice! (laughs) (laughs) Somebody write this fanfiction. But also, like, uh, it's a bit like uh, uh, Quentin, I... See, I think, and anyway, no, it's uh, Margot and Elliot in uh, the episode they meet Mike that they were saying like, oh, I failed that language course. I think they learn other languages. Yeah, but this is their first year. True. So, so for it to be rusty, she probably learned it in some other one. A young person watching anime. Yeah. That wasn't soft. <laughs> I I have a question about the bottle. Um, the bo- the emotion bottle because like we we say like oh you needed to cast clean to like get your emotion but we after we see Alice and Penny are able to cast like it takes them time but they are able to at the end to do something and um, you know, it, know decades, decades or one or montage, montage sequence. sequence well Alice and Penny are strong magicians are they decades, are they decades? Alice, yes. But is the is ball, the ball a, solution a solution or coping? Because like, because, like they, it's a solution by hedge witches that technically are not powerful enough oh, to. Okay, okay. You meant like, like bottling emotions. I thought you meant the bottle they broke, and I was so confused. Like the bottle they were shooting the magic out. I was like, I was like, you don't see how that's a coping mechanism. <laughs> I guess like breaking a bottle. Anyway, so like, is the you're asking is bottling your emotions like like a solution or a coping mechanism? Because technically, it's a solution brought by edge witches that are technically not strong enough to cast without being clean. Yeah, I don't think it has to be either or. I think it is both. So, oh yeah. yeah, it's a good ass loophole. Yeah. What it is, it is. Yeah, it's what they needed. That's all they had access to in the time they had. Yeah. yeah, like it's not ideal, but it's like they're a little pressed. <laughs> that, yeah, <laughs> and you know, and you I know, feel like a warehouse like or a safe house is probably not the best for meditating. meditating. It doesn't seem like a really like calm, a, no, nice environment with like some little you know, ambient music and tweeting birds and shit. What do I know? I don't know. I'll say houses. I'll, I feel that's the moment we see the most of who Quentin is really. He really is, and at the end, Margo uh, um, do a summary of that. But like him being ex- like being know- uh, knowing about Fillory, then being excited that like there's a magic spell that come from like Dungeon and Dragons, and th- quoting like the uh, quoting the um, Star, Trek? Star Trek. Thank you. And <laughs> and then I had another. Thing here. Oh yeah, when uh, when he goes see Katie, that that's a uh, part that we're gonna cover later. But you see, like it's not because like someone fuck up that you st- you stop like caring about them, and uh, and like when Excuse Elliot. Me. I have this exact quote because I thought it was so dumb and so great at the same time. Giving a shit about someone you give a shit about doesn't just evaporate the second they fuck up. And I feel yeah. <laughs> And like with, when Elliot talk about the Shatwin torrent and he asked if it's real and uh, Quentin is like some part, some of the good part has to be true. I think that that's the moment, like that episode show so much of Quentin and at the end when uh, Margot say like you believe in magic and like yeah like everyone is like no, 
you know, it's real, but you believe in it. And I think that's the thing. Quentin don't doubt that magic will help him. That magic can be good. So I feel like through this episode, and I was going to get into this a little bit more when we got to the godly stuff, but yeah. for me, I feel like the opposite, the opposite, I just can't talk to <laughs> The opposite of doubt is faith. Right, just like believing in something that there that you have sort of like no proof in, or there's no like good way to back it up. And I feel like Quentin has always been like that about magic. Is that a dog? Yes. I like the eye roll you made. Um. Yeah, that's good. His name is Dresden, and he's so pure. I love him. Can I just say, like, this whole time we've been talking about doubt in the negative, like it's a bad thing that's hindering us. But like for Margot especially, it's the first, like, it's super healthy for her. Like for the first time, she's doubting mm-hmm. Elliot and you know his coping skills, and she's doubting her view of her world and her feelings toward Elliot. And like she's starting yeah. to make realizations that she needs to be making and hasn't been allowed to do. Well, trust can be unhealthy. Yeah, like it's her yeah. first step in a... And, and so can faith for that matter. Faith and trust can both be but it, Exactly. Like, and the fact that, like, at the end, she asked uh, Quentin, like, uh, oh, can we help Elliot? And, like, she cries and she let her wall down. I always saw it as the first time Margot is Margot. And, like, open up to Quentin and show, like, dude, I'm scared of my... But that my best friend's going like, to kill her. Like, the first time she's vulnerable. In front of Quentin, yeah. yes. yes. Yeah. But then, like she gets she closer to him, and then it, it end up at them kissing and, and turning to the coping. <laughs> is that yeah. our coping? He's like, oh my god, I'm vulnerable. I need to fuck a guy. Well, you, <laughs> you can't, can't keep, keep talking, talking if you're kissing. Yeah. I mean, you can, but it'd be really weird. <laughs> um. So go. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I think a little bit of it was they were kind of caught in this magnetism of the vulnerability um and so part of it just kind of <laughs> happened organically because they were being so intimate and i think for Margot especially she conflates intimacy with kind of physicality particularly mm. of a sexual nature um and so like that was just the natural progression of but them even even just in the way that like you'll see the way that her and elliot are like clinging you know what i mean yeah, yeah definitely I just wrote like 10 whole chapters of their touch language. Like, I have deep feelings about Elliot. I cannot wait to read that! Oh my god, I'm so excited. <laughs> Going off of what you were saying about doubt being a you know, potentially a healthy thing, also, also, this whole time, from the very beginning, Alice doubts that the that bottling the emotion yeah. is a good idea. And, you know, the first time she's like, I don't, I don't think so. And then after they do it, She's, She's, like, immediately worried about Quentin with his depression. She's, like, that doesn't seem like a good thing for, you know, someone, uh, you know, who's diagnosed depression and suicidal tendencies to be doing. And she doesn't, you know, she doesn't do it. And I think that in that way, that doubt is healthy. And it it made them, it made her and Penny train and become good at battle magic. That will save Penny's life in, like, two episodes. Well, I I think it's interesting that doubt can inform our choices. You know, and even in the same way that we were talking about like pros and cons, right? You doubt something and you try to think about the most logical or probable solution or whatever outcomes. But, uh, you know, I think that doubt can be helpful, right? Because if I, right, let's say whatever, I'm offered a job and I'm like, okay, great. I don't doubt it. It could turn out to be shitty. Like, take some time to think about it, bitch. <laughs> also, can we talk about the fact that like they tried the Dungeon and Dragon spell, the magic missile? And Quentin try it, and it doesn't work. 
okay. And then Alice tries it. It doesn't work. Wait, what? <laughs> like, no one believes that. Yeah, like, that boy fucked it up. <laughs> like, okay, it's Quentin, but if... tracks. Yeah, exactly. But, like, if Alice can do it, okay, there's something shit. <laughs> Well, I like, think so that... Can we take a moment? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Thank you. Can we take a moment to appreciate how Elliot's just like, oh, I, you know, I tripped and fell on it and locked in a drawer in Sunderland's office. Like, <laughs> I love that. it. Like, it's such so a quality much. line that doesn't get enough attention. Oh, like, I, I think it doesn't do that. Also, you know, when Penny comes back uh, and, and is like, okay, I'm going to do the bottle magic thing. Uh, at one condition, and Q is like, oh, you want us to say Victoria? Yeah, no problem. And he talked about Victoria like two times. P- uh, Quentin is so good at reading Penny. It's kind of like amazing. He doesn't have a lot of friends, okay? No, I think I, I think he understands <laughs> Penny. <laughs> I really think that like he gets Penny's intention. Why does he want it to do the bottle magic? Why does he want to? Penny. Why doesn't he want to? Because Alice, we know why, but Penny, it's not really explained. So, okay, but, but is he hesitant about it the first time or is it after? After. I, but, and also his reaction was laughter, which is interesting because that, you know, it's not like the others where we're like, oh, that looks like an unpleasant experience that would make you not want to do it again. So, so part, I don't know, part, part of me is like, and I was just fried, um, or not, or wanting to have a backup plan. And then part of me is like, even though it came out as laughter, maybe that's bringing up some shit for him. Cause we don't know a lot yeah, about his past. I think, I think for Penny, part of it is losing control of himself. Mm-hmm. I think there's a fear there and not being able to control his responses or his reality. Um, People might know he's a person. Right? Like, oh no, he experiences fear and joy. How dare. Yeah, you're right. And now let's just take a break for our ads. My character is playing. She is a hedge witch from South Carolina. My character is Quincy Flynn. He's a magician. Esphere Niganova or Fifi. And she is a hedge witch who is an illegal immigrant from Russia. Sid. Sid is a human who is super queer and great. They do stuff. Maybe take them back to the safe house, Fifi. Take them back. Take break bills, kids, back to the safe house. I've had several bad trips that have ended in me magically being supported to a, teleported to a Starbucks. And well, I mean, how do I know I'm not just tripping? Lane, throw a box with an accuracy spell and I set the box on fire so that it hit the lot. Yeah, because a flaming lion is a lot. Yes, that's um, what solve all of our problems, having it be on fire. Find our edgewitches and magicians at Further Than Fillery, a tabletop role-playing game based on the sci-fi hit The Magician. To be sure not to miss one episode, follow us on iTunes, Spotify, and any other platform you listen to your podcast. Mmm, another one. (laughs) These guys are going in the garbage. (laughs) So let's take a leap into the hedge witches. My first note is Richard not doubting that God exists 
even if they're gone, takes hella faith. I feel like he does. I mean, for the most part, he's pretty, you know, steady. But there is definitely a moment after the lead with Julia kind of doesn't pan out the way they expect it to, where he breaks a little bit. Yeah. And then I think she's kind of the one who's like, well, here's another, you know, we'll figure it out. Yeah. I'm not leaving, I'm in my house, and everyone starts laughing. <laughs> I think people needed that. but um, That was such a relatable moment. <laughs> um, you know, you know there's, there's a bunch of hedges in your house. house. Um, <laughs> but like this whole little B-plot, as you so affectionately referred to it as, um, is like this episode is just like we believe, you know, we don't. We believe, you know, we don't. Like it's just like yeah. this ping pong of faith and doubt. And I think it's I don't know, it's so interesting as somebody who comes from a religious background, like, the whole kind of point of faith is that you just shouldn't need proof to believe, and, like, if you have proof, it's, like, kind of not worth anything anymore. So I think it's sort of interesting that, like, I feel like it takes that moment in a dream for Julia to really See, because I come from a a background where my society, like the Quebec society, basically decided to not want to do anything with religion. Yeah, well, because the church was all up everyone's ass. They knocked on her grandma's door and they were like, why haven't you had kids recently? Oh my God. Yeah, she, uh, yeah, she closed. Like the church and the government were all like, yeah, each other shit. And the government was like, you need to start having more children. And so everyone in Quebec is, well, a lot of people in Quebec are not church. Well, yeah, the, 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 basically the, the church emptied in one generation. Yeah. But so for me, I, even if I grew up going to church at one point, I stopped. And I am brought to doubt faith and wonder, like, what is it about? It's not like for a long time I always thought I didn't have spirit spirituality. What? Spirituality. <laughs> we, have, we have a ghost with us. Be respectful. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> so, Vin, uh, you're Amazing. the official ghost of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I should be like the mascot. Yes, you're on your head of snack bag. Listen, don't can... forget to talk about the B plot. <laughs> okay, but like, uh, with, while re- he's trying to convince um, Julia and Katie that like the gods are real, he's like, oh yeah, no, I think unicorns are a myth. And they're not because we see some in fillery. <laughs> Sad. So like even if in in fight like he, he blindly be- want to believe that the gods are real even if there's no proof, but but unicorn don't exist. Yeah, Richard. <laughs> I think it's interesting that not only does Richard you know believe that the gods exist, he also believes that they will want to help him. Yes, and, 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 and that'll take a special. And I'll take a special interest in Julia. He has faith in Julia. He called her yes. God touched. Is the first person that called Julia God touched. And when I I hear that, I literally wrote, "He called her God touched." Ah, with five exclamation points. Because <laughs> it becomes so relevant in okay. season three. So I don't know. I just got like the heebie-jeebies because she does get touched by God. Like in many ways. Yeah. Ah, that hurt my soul. Honestly, like... I got like... Ugh, ugh, and I she got touched by Richard. Well, no. 
Yeah. Reynard in Richard. Ew. That's oh. weird. I hate all of this. Oh, yikes. Hard pass. <laughs> no. no. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. That, that was, was like, like the first like connection that my brain made with that phrase. And now I'm like, whoa. Yeah, no. It's like a weird, I don't know. And well, uh, Katie opened the door to uh, the break deal kids. The first thing she she does, she like crane her neck to see if Penny's there, yeah. and it breaks my heart. <laughs> yeah. And then like. Oh, Katie. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Quentin calls her on it, and then she gives real news about Julia, and then Quentin lies to her about Penny. Why? I mean, in the typical um, of being a nice friend, think I'm doing the right thing by saving someone from pain, I feel like. That's so interesting. I didn't interpret it as him lying. I interpreted him as being, like, completely unaware of what Penny was going through and, like, genuinely believing the things he said to Katie. Oh, that's true. We don't know that he knows what's going on. Yeah. Well, you know the guy OD'd. He does? Is the, I think that, no, I think that the conversation with Katie is before that. Yeah, when they come back, he just, oh. Uh, yeah, he doesn't talk about his feelings, so why would he? Yeah, but usually Quentin is good at reading Penny, you know? Yeah, but he might not. I mean, Penny also just, like, disappears, and then it's, like, I feel like he decides when he wants to be part of the group, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So, so, yeah, that's true. I totally didn't think about that. But I feel like if he did know, I, I interpreted it as just, like, wanting to save her from Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, he was oh, a friend to KD. I, I thought he was a friend to Penny. No, no, no. Being nice to KD. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because they're not friends. Yeah, but you know, she clearly... That's seen as, like, tangential to Julia, though. True. But, like, also, I mean, if someone's, like... Like, I also don't think that he dislikes KD actively, so it's not going to be like, nah, he's doing terrible. He almost yeah, OD'd, and he's, he's hearing voices, voices again, and he's bleeding, and he's got a spiky nicotine patch. He almost died, uh, like, uh, two weeks ago. <laughs> you know, like, I'm like, like okay, bye. bye. Like, like I, I, that just feels shitty to me. Like, I no, you're right. Quentin doesn't know how to handle confrontation. He doesn't even know how to, like, eat breakfast. He can't. You see him in Welchers, his pants will different lengths. The boy can't dress himself. Can we talk about that? I can't believe Elliot let him out the house looking like that. I just I can't believe it. I, I, I felt so offended when I noticed that. I was like, how did nobody else? I'm glad that you noticed this, but this was like very early on. I was like, how did... I have OCD, but like, come on. But he always a bit messy. Yeah, but like, like one that only half... Listen, I work with babies. That's the only time I've seen this happen is when babies are crawling around and then their one leg gets off all high. Like, what was he doing? I have so many questions. <sighs> Man, child. Facts. <laughs> okay, so read doubt. Uh, I think there's an interesting juxtaposition in the kind of like tone the doubt takes for the two groups. Because for like our, our physical kids, like for them, it's all kind of blase. Like it's like, oh, we don't believe Quentin. We don't know what's happening. We don't know who or what to believe in. But with the free traders, there's so much weight to it. It's like, mm -hmm. we've been through this. We've lost this. We're losing this. We don't know if we can believe, though we want to so deeply. Yeah, one is more negative than the other. One, like, 
gives life and the others suck it out. Mm. You know, I'm kind of sad yeah. now. <laughs> also, when Katie and Julia are going to the place where, with the vampire and like he's, he's not saying anything, the first thing Katie says, like, I knew he wouldn't say anything and she's about to leave and Julia is like, bitch, you're going to talk to me. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And I don't know if it was an act of bon- like good cup, bad cup, or it was a true reaction of Katie of like whatever. I'm used to those people that never give answers. That felt like a real reaction. Yeah, that feels genuine to me. I think both of those things track for both of those characters. Like mm-hmm. at that point, especially like Julia's so tenacious and mm-hmm. headstrong, and Katie's just kind of like fine. Like you're not going to work with me. I have better things to do. I have my own <laughs> means to my end. True. Yeah. Um, so that feels genuine to me. Yeah, she yeah, doesn't have time to do shit. <laughs> also, crosses arms, rolls eyes. Yeah. <laughs> That's, That's the, the whole script. script. All the lines. You got them. <laughs> Also, like Julia, is the first time Julia see a sign up from our lead on the ground, on on the ground, under. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, like she see a statue in the in the party. There's a statue of her, and I feel since she was doubting about this whole quest and this whole thing, she was looking for a way to prove them right. You know when you're looking for an answer. Mm-hmm. So like you're gonna look at Doesn't every little that. sign. I think I that was one because yeah. after that, like she she had to dig to find that candle in the demon's lair. Mm-hmm. Yes. That is called confirmation bias for anybody. Ooh, I'm that shit down. Can you tell me about a psychology degree that I didn't complete? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, But is it a good thing or a bad thing? Well, it's well, it's just, it's just like mm-hmm. I mean, it sounds like just when you're when when you want to believe something, so you're sort of like finding reasons to prove it essentially mm-hmm. or to support yeah. it. I would say it's not necessarily a good or bad thing. It's just sort of yeah. Yeah, I would describe biases as neutral mm-hmm. to bad. Okay. Yeah. Also, then they're going to the second demon. <laughs> and I have two questions. Dinosaur, demon number two. And uh, it changed into Anna. Why? Uh, important to both of them and emotionally manipulating people. Yeah. Mm. It was someone that she, or she, do we know the gender of the creature? They. Let's yeah. say they. It's, yeah. It's someone that they mm. realized would like make an impact. Um, mm. Get a strong response out of both parties, but possibly th- conflicting responses. Yeah. yeah, you know, and could potentially, if need be, play those responses off of each other oh, to my. get something. Stirring up. See, like KD is in grief of her mom right now, and yet she doesn't doubt that this isn't her mom; that she's dead. Like you know, we always see that trope in in movies and in in, in TV show that. Oh, you see your dead partner. It must be him, you know. And she's like, "Bitch, she's dead." No, she didn't get time for this shit. We just talked about this. But yeah, but I find I find this so powerful from Katie, yeah. and I, it must be her mental words. But like, wow, because like I feel if it will have been something from Julia, Julia would have like tried. I think it's interesting also that like although she immediately doubts that this is her mom, right? She immediately dismisses it. She like. Almost allows that moment of her to she like takes those words in as if they are genuine, and then Julia's like, "It's not her." And she's like, "I know." And she's crying. Like, yeah. Still, I feel like yeah. it's helpful to her to hear that. 
And I feel like that's yeah, okay. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She was just kind of leaning into it for a second. Yeah, yeah. Like she knew it wasn't real, but she knew there was something that she needed that she could take. Yeah. yeah. So she took it. I get girl. Forward. Yeah. Yeah. That's just free. And then the demon is reading in uh, in Julia's mind, and Julia's freaking out, and she's like, "Get out of my head!" And we'll. Take uh, and, and grabs Katie's hand first. Gay. gay. My notes say gay. But also, I think that's because like Julia knew that she was like about to doubt herself, so she needed strength from someone else, and that someone else was Katie. I'm lying. It says lesbians holding hands in all caps. Wake up is real, okay? Yeah, um, it's canon. Like they are girlfriends. Sorry about it. Yeah. Also, like, like the, the person, basically the, the demon, they say, oh, the, go the gods are dead. Mm -hmm. And um, Richard replied to that when Julia tells him about that. He say, he aban they abandon the demon. So for him, they're gone, but that doesn't mean they're dead. And I feel that's where we see Richard's true faith. Yeah, yeah. That every everyone around him is telling him the gods are dead, but him is like them not answering doesn't mean they're dead. It means they're gone. We got the voicemail on, but also this I feel like leads right back to confirmation bias, like you were just talking, right? Like no matter what people tell me, well maybe the gods just aren't there for you. For you, maybe and like right in the end. He's right, the he's gods right. are real, but that doesn't, but that that doesn't he's grasping it, Strahd at this point, he wants it to be real so badly that he, like, he refuses to stop believing. And I, right. I also think it's interesting that Julia immediately is like, nah, I don't believe it a bit. Like, like, she doubts that right off the bat. When the demon's like, no, they're dead. She's like, like yeah. I don't know. But yet she, she doubts that, like, her suspicion are right, because she's going to go call the lady underground. Of under, that girl, Persephone, she's going to call her, but hiding in a toilet. Yeah, but, like, if she completely was like, this is bullshit, she wouldn't have done it. There's some... She wants to... She's sitting on the fence right now. She doesn't want to... Fully commit, and she doesn't want to say it's not possible. Oh yeah, but the, during that old time in the Free Trader Beowulf, when uh, Richard is like uh, saying, "No, they're not dead," and then Julia is cast is ca is calling the 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 gods, the camera is so shaky, like it's going to back and forth, and and we can see. I think this is like a visual cue of Julia's wavering face. Yeah. <laughs> You know, like that's 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 them showing, like, okay, our, our world is unbalancing, and like she doesn't know where to land, um, which is kind of sad. There's two things that they, that they, the, uh, the 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 goddess give Julia: water and coins. I thought it was the milk. No, the milk, milk is later. Are you sure it's not milk? I thought yeah. it looked like milk. I think when I it was milk. Okay. But then milk and Ooh. milk and coin, and I tried to, I like, I googled about like the meaning of it, but it's like I didn't find anything. So I need my believers to explain that to me. <clears throat> I will go to the doctor and Google, and I will. Because they were like, uh, oh, if you put a, a, a penny in water, it's good luck, and I'm like, what? But you didn't search no. No. Maybe we'll get Maybe. different religions. I know with coins, they're yes. associated with Hades and obtaining passage into the underworld. Mm -hmm. Oh, shit! Oh, shit! 
knowing that like okay. it's for Sifuani. There you go, got it. Okay. Um, by extension, a land flowing with milk and honey becomes a metaphor of a divine female figure because Bobby just said that. So, uh, so this is biblical connections. Um, so a land's fertility is linked to human fertility and sexuality. So a biblical image of like milk and honey, like a land flowing with milk and honey, is essentially like saying the land is fertile, like a woman is fertile. So it's like a metaphor of divine, of divine woman, which we got. So yeah, we put our our uh, spirituality together, and we made it made it make sense. Thank you, because I have no clue. That's the one like thing I was yeah. like, I know it's a symbol. I have no clue what it means. <laughs> it means calcium is good for your bones. Here's some money, you poor child. <laughs> Sorry, what were you saying? Oh, I said I feel like there's a Captain Planet reference in there. That bitch don't need money. She can see her loft. <laughs> It's like a goddamn friend's locked up in here. Yeah, yeah but she can steal money. Absurd. So jealous. <laughs> and uh, now it's time for the vase and the flower. Ooh, you are showy shimmies. So if you don't know what it is, go and listen to the other episode. Set is tired to explain it. Oh yeah. Damn, you're not gonna give anybody any help. Just like, nope, you're too slow. We're on. It would be weird to just watch this episode. Listen, Listen, watch, watch I don't know, stereo phone. Uh, who wants to go first? V, go ahead. Oh, if I'm gonna go first. If you're yeah. emotionally prepared. I'm never emotionally prepared, let's be honest. Hey, we're all in this <laughs> fandom, you know. Which one? We watch people who are more emotionally uh, broken. <laughs> and we're like, oh, we're not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Freddy, y'all. <laughs> Our fandom is like distressed queers. <laughs> oh my god! My next podcast! After whatever I said at the beginning of this episode, that was my next podcast. <laughs> and don't you have to do a thrift shop one to McQueen. <laughs> okay, distressed queers. I'm writing it down. Hold on. Where's my notes? We're doing the vase and the flower, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so my flower is going to go to Katie. Hmm. For the episode, um, honestly, like the a plot couldn't have happened without Katie. <laughs> like True. she was truly pivotal here, um, but also like I don't know. I have a deep affection for like like soft joy that we see her experience here, mm-hmm. um, and she just kind of goes on a journey, and I think she should be rewarded for that. But also, like she was just pivotal in moving this whole plot along. Um, <laughs> my vase yes. is going to connect. Firmly between Quentin Coldwater's eyes. <laughs> nice shot. I appreciate your balance. <laughs> like this, this boy. And like he tries. He tries. That's the, the plot of the whole. That's the magician. <laughs> that boy, comma, he tries. Oh, no death. He tries, but like he spends a lot of the episode being a little bit of a shit. Mm-hmm. Like. Um, and I get that it's so much of it is like doubt based and fear based mm-hmm. and he's kind of lashing out, but like, he's just, he's a little <laughs> bit of an ass the whole way through. And then he tops it off by cheating on his girlfriend with two whole ass other people. And I just can't. <laughs> Amen to that. <laughs> mm. 
I would not complain if I got caught between those two, just saying. So for me, see, I'm gonna give my flower to Quentin. Uh, despite the... Put it in the vase. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, despite the despicable thing he did at the end, um, I feel that's where we see him hope and like we see like the core of Quentin Quentin Gold Water, Quentin Coldwater of being this pure fanboy that Ooh. believes and love magic and that will make him basically the holder of the. Tale of the Seven Key in the third in the third season is because he loves Fillory and magic so much. And as someone that is a deep fan girl of the magician and uh, um, Harry Potter, like I understand that deep love that like people don't get. So I don't know, like seeing him like that validates all the fan girl in me, and seeing that his friends are starting to accept that is nice. I actually, actually love this. I don't think that's ever happened before that someone's gotten a rose and I think it's like, yeah. whoa, it's like people are flawed and different. <laughs> I'm gonna give my um, vase, my vase, vase to Penny's mentor just because like he wanted to kill himself and look, that's his choice but the fact that he was trying to sell it to Penny I, that's wrong. Like in all this guy only gave bad advice to the to Penny because he told him to tattoo himself and be scared of his own power. Then he killed himself in front of him. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, Penny's not traumatized by that. He's seen some shit. That's how. Yeah. Do I get a bonus base because I'd like to throw one at him too? Okay. Okay. <laughs> Just like a machine gun loaded. Like, no, a t-shirt gun loaded with bases. <laughs> You get a base. You get a base. Not down, Oprah. Okay. Um, <laughs> I want to see that episode of Oprah. <laughs> That's the day she quits. <laughs> okay. And uh, now it's time for the vase and the flower. Ooh, you all show us so, if you don't know what it is, go and listen to the other episode. Set is tired to explain it. Oh, yeah. Damn. You're not going to give anybody any help. Just like, <laughs> nope, you're too slow. We're it would be weird to just watch, watch this episode. episode. Listen, listen, watch, I, I don't know, stereo <laughs> uh, Who wants to go first? V, go ahead. Oh, I'm going to go first? If you're yeah. emotionally prepared. I'm never emotionally prepared. Let's be clear. Hey, we're all <laughs> in this fandom, you know. Which <laughs> one? <laughs> Uh, we watch people who are more emotionally uh, broken <laughs> and we're like oh we're not that bad <laughs> shut up ready y'all <laughs> our fandom is like distressed queers like, <laughs> oh my god <laughs> it's only a of time. we're doing the vase and the flower right yes yeah. Yeah. okay so my flower is gonna go to Katie <sighs> for the episode um, honestly like the A plot couldn't have happened without Katie. <laughs> like, True. she's truly pivotal here. Um, but also, like, I don't know. I have a deep affection for, like, like soft joy that we see her experience here. Mm -hmm. um, and she just kind of goes on a journey, and I think she should be rewarded for that. But also, like, she was just pivotal in moving this whole plot along. Um, <laughs> my vase yes. is going to connect firmly between Quentin Coldwater's eyes. <laughs> nice shot. I appreciate your balance. 
<laughs> like this this boy. And like he tries. He tries. <laughs> that is the plot of the whole That's a magician. <laughs> that boy is coma. He tries. Oh, no death. He tries, but like he spends a lot of the episode being a little bit of a shit. Mm-hmm. Like um, and I get that it's so much of it is like doubt based and fear based mm-hmm. and he's kind of lashing out but like he's just he's a little bit of an ass the whole way through and then he tops it off by cheating on his girlfriend with two whole ass other people and I just can't <laughs> amen to that <laughs> I would not complain if I got caught between those two just saying so for me see uh, I'm gonna give my flower to Quentin uh, despite the Put it in the vase. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, despite the despicable thing he did at the end, um, I feel that's where we see him hope and like we see like the core of Quentin Quentin Goldwater, Quentin Coldwater of being this pure fanboy that Ooh. believes and love magic and. That will make him basically the holder of the tale of the seven key in the third in the third season is because he loves Fillory and magic so much. And as someone that is a deep fan girl of the magician and uh, um, Harry Potter, like I understand that deep love that like people don't get. So I don't know, like seeing him like that validates all the fan girl in me and. Seeing that his friends are starting to accept that is nice. I actually love this. I don't think that's ever happened before. That someone's gotten a rose and everything. Like, yeah. Whoa. It's like people are flawed and different. <laughs> I'm going to give my um, vase. My vase to Penny's mentor. But um, yeah, just because like he wanted to kill himself. You know, look, that's his choice. But the fact that he was trying to sell it to Penny. That's wrong. Like in all, this guy only gave bad advice to the to Penny because he told him to tattoo himself and be scared of his own power. Then he killed himself in front of him. Like oh, yeah. Oh, Penny is not traumatized by that. He seen some shit. That's how. Yeah. Do I get a bonus base? Because I'd like to throw one at him, too. Okay, okay. <laughs> Just like a machine gun loaded. Like, no, a t-shirt gun loaded with bases. You get a base. You get a base. Come down, Oprah. Okay. okay. Um, <laughs> I want to see that episode of Oprah. <laughs> That's the day she quits. <laughs> okay. So I want to give my rose because it is special. Um, to Richard for just like undying faith in the gods. Like that's. Fucking rad. Like, with all of the shit that has happened, and part of it is, like, kind of sad and desperate, and, like, when you're just clinging to something, but part of it is just, like, he's such a pure cinnamon roll, and I love him. He just, I don't know. I just, I think that, I mean, faith in anything is just so hard. Yes. You know, and I I just really think that's awesome. And I want to give my vase to goddamn Reynard. Who we see in this episode. Yep. Okay? So, yeah, fuck you, Reynard. We see him? What? We see him? Yeah. That's Persephone. Ah, Persephone. Okay, yeah. That's why it's funny, because it's Richard and Right. Like, we don't know we see him, but he's there. Yeah. 
Yeah. Ooh, that sounds very, very, very faithy and mystical. But honestly, yeah. I don't know he's there, but he's there. But yeah, like, fuck you for praying on... Whoa, I just got the praying and praying. Oh! Um, but yeah, like, I think that... I mean, it just... I don't know, and maybe, like, this is just as a spiritual person, too. It just, like... Really grand ideas, as they say. It's a bit like a cool leader. But like like going after people who are already so vulnerable and just like like, really mm -hmm. like and hurting and searching for something. And then I mean like fuck like if Reynard was like taking out rich white men, I wouldn't care. (laughs) I wouldn't. I'm like (laughs) sorry, rich white men. No one, none of you are listening to this, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> like when when we see him see him for the first time, he introduces himself as trickster of the faith. Yeah, yeah. Like he is the worst. Yeah, yeah. he's like, like I'm douchey. I want to let you know. Uh, yeah, here's my card. So the summary of this episode is is emotional bullshit. Fuck Reynard. Yeah. <laughs> I, like I like how every episode I'm adding. Um, and a fuck you. Like, it started out with fuck you, Dean Fogg, every episode, and then Stephanie joined in there, and now Reynard has joined the, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. the numbers. So we want to thank you, V, for joining the discussion. Do you have anything to plug before we go? You guys can find me online at One-Eyed Destroyer on Tumblr and AO3. If you enjoyed my insight into Elliot and Margot, you should definitely hop over to AO3, because that's where all the good stuff is. You can also find me at the Magician's Rec Center. We're on Tumblr and Twitter right now. I co-run that with Ray and Sarah. If you don't know those two, you definitely should get to know them. They're incredible. They are a dream to work with. What the Rec Center does is a few things. We recommend fan fiction. We do writing tips. We try to provide prompts here and there. And when we have the time for it, we like to run collaborative projects. Our project right now is the 39 Graves Project. We've got nearly 30 participants. Everybody has been assigned a timeline. They've been given a few rules to kind of keep to, and they're asked to just examine that timeline for all of the possibilities that they can think of. We're really trying to get people to think outside of the box and really push the limits of these characters, this world, this reality. I'm really, really excited about it. Like the discussions they're having on Discord are wild. Like everybody is so creative and I cannot wait to see the final project. We're hoping to have that published and ready to go on AO3 by the end of the season. So probably late April is what we're looking at. Um, And there's still a few timelines that are unassigned. So if anybody is interested, definitely hit me up again at Magician's Rec on Twitter, the Magician's Rec Center on Tumblr, or at One-Eyed Destroyer on Tumblr. And we can talk about maybe getting you guys involved. This has been Tilorian United. We once again want to thank V in, uh, that obliged us and came to our podcast. We had a l- lovely discussion with uh, you and we hope to have you again. We also want to thank Harry Potter and their sacred texts as well as Spirit Podcast, both who are mentors and also inspiration for the show. We also want to uh, thank our patrons, people like Elliot, who are giving as little as one dollar and help us having the show growing and starting season two have better audio so yay thank you guys if you want to join the Foo Fighters just go on patreon.com dash united I almost forgot my own website <laughs> patreon.com dash united and you uh, as if you pledge as little as one dollar 
you will have bonuses audio for every episode. We also uh, are on Twitter at Philorians, on Tumblr at philorianslunited.tumblr.com, and you can always uh, shout, uh, give a shout out so we can discuss and continue the conversation. I've been trying to find a way to end the podcast, so I guess I will with this word of wisdom. Don't be fucked. You believe in something. My foot is bleeding. Hey, no. He's bleeding? How can a phone bleed? Are you dying? My foot. Oh, your foot! What did you My phone. I heard what. Sporkle Production.